Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from the Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. And, okay, so, I know you guys don't really see me, and if you're a friend on Facebook, obviously, if you were, if you know me in real life. Um, but, over the course of the past year or so, I've actually lost a lot of weight. Um... Part of it was just a change in my diet. Part of it was a change um, in my exercise routine. But all of it was um, focused on me being worried about my health. Um, You know, my family has a history of high blood pressure and whatever. Uh, I've never actually been concerned about how I look at any weight because I'm always told... um, that I'm very handsome and whatnot by, by the gentleman. Um, but, you know, the reason why I'm talking about this now is because I've done it the natural way, like exercise and diet and what have you. But... There's a celebrity who has not done it the natural way. And if you think I'm talking about Drake, you're absolutely right. So, controversy erupted. He, um, Drake has been taking off his shirt a lot more and showing off his sexy body. And when I say that, I don't... I actually never have thought that Drake is sexy in any way, shape, or form. Um, but apparently a lot of people do. But, so, anyways, he took, he was taking off his his shirt, and a lot of people, including gossip bloggers, were starting to talk about how he allegedly had a plastic surgery. And I want to read something from Blind Gossip. I just need to point out that this post um, was published... Um, it was published December 30th, 2015, more than three years ago, okay? More than three years ago. Um, here's what their source told them. He's never been fat, but he's always been flabby and a little embarrassed about taking his shirt off. Rather than watching his diet and hitting the gym hard, he took a shortcut. He checked out every type of procedure liposuction, tummy tuck, ab implants, ab etching, and finally got a combination done last year. He was very sick after the surgery. He missed missed a performance um, at the Wireless wireless Festival in 2014. But now he's happy with the result. The funny thing was that he suddenly had this six-pack, but the rest of him was still soft and flabby. His friends teased him about it so much that he finally started going to the gym so the rest of his body wouldn't look like a mismatch. Boom, goes to dynamite. Okay. (laughs) People, of course he's going to the diet. There's not... There's not and never would be a time where Drake admitted to getting 
plastic surgery or, or, or anything like that. Um, it, so, you know, he, he posted this shirtless picture on Instagram and someone said something about him getting plastic surgery and he denied it. Well, kind of. Flying Gossip said, actually, Drake didn't deny that he got plastic surgery. He just clapped back with a personal insult to the accuser to distract from the accusation. So now you know the truth about two things. Drake did have plastic surgery, and the infection from the plastic surgery was the illness that forced him to cancel his headline performance at the Wireless Festival at the last minute. Here's the thing, and this is something I truly believe. Um, one of my dearest friends who passed away, her name was Michelle. She was very open and honest about the plastic surgery she had, and I loved her for that. Because if you're going to get it, own it. Be proud of it. And that's what I want to say to Drake. If you... We know you've had it, okay? We know you've had surgery. Just... Just admit it. There's no shame in it. You know, maybe... Maybe you feel some type of way, but... You could also be an inspiration to people. And I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that. But I do know that I want to take a break. So I'm going to go and I'll be right back. And I'm back. And the new... The new reboot of Beverly Hills 90210, right now titled BH90210, hasn't even aired yet. And it's already garnering controversy. Um, it, and it's just so weird. Um, original show, showrunner Patrick Sean Smith and other writers have exited the show. Now, they didn't say why. Normally there's like a press release that says creative differences or whatever. This time there was nothing, they just left. Um, Rumors started popping up right away that part of the reason why they left is because they didn't like one of the executives from Fox um, that was also in charge. And they didn't, and there was a lot of interference from two of the leading ladies. Now, when there's four leading ladies, it's, you kind of can narrow it down. There's Tori Spelling, Jenny Garth, Sharon Doherty, and Gabrielle Carteris. Now, everyone, for whatever reason, jumped right to Sharon Doherty. And here's the thing, Shannon has actually never had issues with producers. It's always been her co-stars um, that she's alleg- allegedly had trouble with. Um, producers had issues with her because she was a wild child and did whatever the hell she wanted to do. But um, but everyone has said, and Aaron Spelling himself said when he cast her on Charmed, that his issue with her was never about her conduct on set. She was always very professional. So that, that obviously leads to, um, 
that leaves Gabrielle Carteris, Troy Spelling, and Jenny Cars. Of those three, Gabrielle Carteris just has to be happy to have work. Um, she, she's been um, president of SAG for, for a hot minute now, but she's being challenged. Um, I, I forgot who, who she's being challenged by. Um, but this is the first time that Gabrielle Carteris has appeared on a show in forever. Um, I would actually have to look up her IMDb to find out what her last credit was. Um, but Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling are the two that allegedly, um, started the ball rolling with, um, this reboot. And... It's not hard to see Tori Spelling becoming an all-out control freak. Um, we've already talked about how Tori Spelling was really upset that um, she wasn't getting paid more, that there was only a six-episode guarantee. Um, you know, she really wanted uh, more money, more episodes. But... There just wasn't enough room and space for that. Um, and it's a summer show. It's uh, it's going to be hard enough for them to uh, s- stay going, let alone um, try to expand the the wallet. Uh, and Shannon actually, Shannon Doherty actually addressed these accusations head on. She, t- on Instagram, I believe, yeah, on Instagram, she said, "Being a part of TV history is an honor, but it also comes with a, with some massive backlash. There have been, there has been many stories floating around about this show and me. One of the reasons I hesitated to say yes." was for this crap. The only thing I'm a control freak over is my health. Trying to stay healthy and positive. I realized this morning that I have a fear of doing what I love because of headlines like this. Not only because there is zero truth to it, but because it lessens me in my journey battle experience with cancer. Why should I be scared to work? And why aren't people held accountable for their fabricated stories? And, you know, first of all, Shannon shouldn't be afraid to work. Um, And especially when when there's really no reason. Like I said, every producer she's worked with has said she's very professional. She's not a diva. So, those that are spreading that this is Shannon Doherty are the people who have an issue with her. And allegedly, um, and this was addressed in one of my articles, um, I think it was what BH9010 should look like. Um, But in the original run of the show, Shannon, Jenny, and Tori had... A rivalry where um, Jenny Garth and Tori Spelling kind of ganged up to take her down. 
And it's like, why? What do you get out of that? And I'm not sure that we're ever going to know what they got out of it or what they get out of it. Uh, But as the story continues to develop, I'm going to stay on top of it. And for right now, I'm going to go and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, um, last week we covered the Constance Wu situation, um, up to and including um, a deep dive on Friday, which you guys absolutely loved. Um, and what, what we discovered is she was really unhappy about Fresh Off the Boat being renewed, but we never quite understood why. You know, she told us that it was because, um, there was a project that she was really passionate about, um, that she would have got to go to work on right away had Fresh Off the Boat not been renewed, um, And then a a bunch of stories came out about how she's a big diva and how people view her as a bitch. Um, And it was kind of like that project was thrown to the side and we all forgot about it. Well, the, uh, the New York Post actually did some digging and found out that, um... The project was from a Brooklyn-based writer, um, Jennifer Cho Shore, and it's called You and Me Both. And it's a, you know, it's about a pair of siblings who go on a road trip. Um, Constance was, was, and potentially still is set to play um, an addict who goes on this road trip with her, uh, uh, with her sibling. And, I mean, let's be, let's be real here. Road trip movies very rarely win awards. If anything, and I think Will would agree with this, um, I, I, I'd have to ask him, obviously. Um, but I, th- I road trip movies are either comedies or or they're set up to be very Oscar baity. This one seems like it's it's set up to be very Oscar baity. Um, but it's from a first time writer and director, and I don't think that that would do very well. Um, the reason why A Star is Born did very well. First of all, you had an all-star cast. Um, secondly, that's a franchise that's been around for many, many moons. Um, it'll be re- rebooted again um, in another 20 or 30 years. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those movies that... The storyline is timeless. And you could probably literally lift the script from the very first one, change a few things, write some music, and boom, you have another hit movie. That's not to take away from Bradley Cooper's accomplishments or anything, but it's true. Um, Anyways, back to Constance Wu. Here's what we know. A source said... Wu can show that there are multiple faces to being an Asian-American. 
And for so long, this has not been reflected on camera, with Asian Americans being regulated either the psychic or emasculated buddy, who doesn't contribute to the narrative in any real way. Um, they also said that you and both is heartwarming with a lot of emotional moments. And then he and then said it's interesting because Constance has been pursuing four projects with very different tones. Um. So now that we're hearing a little bit more about the project, it doesn't really help. To it doesn't really help make her case. Because she could still make the movie, you know, it, it, it's not as if they said, hey, you know, we're going to go into production with or without you. Uh, they were, they were going to go into production if Fresh Off the Boat hadn't been renewed. Um, but it has. And there's, there's literally no talk of them recasting the character. The, everyone still wants to work with her. So her little temper tantrum was really much ado about nothing. And, you know, I don't really understand it. I'm, I'm not quite sure what, why she felt the need to shit-talk her own show and dislike it being renewed when that means, A, first of all, she gets a guaranteed paycheck. And two... She can keep her career going for a little bit longer. You know, I think... I think, and I've said this before, I think Constance Wu is actually a very talented actress. Um, I think... I think that there's definitely... Um, some good traits... That she has. But... The converse of this whole thing is she doesn't have the right attitude. And I think that's ultimately going to be her undoing. And speaking of undoing, I'm going to go. And I should be coming right back with a very special guest who you all already know. Um, (laughs) I should be coming back with William. So... I'll be right back. And I'm back. And I know I said that Will was going to be on the next segment, but um, there was a little bit of a delay. um, So possibly the next segment, if not, we'll talk with him tomorrow. Uh, But for right now, I want to talk about the Big Bang Theory series finale. If you haven't seen it, just so you know, there will be major, major, major spoilers spilled. Um, So skip to the Will segment or or whatever comes next. (laughs) It really should be the Will segment. Um, But go ahead and just um, skip to whatever. Um, And for the rest of you, I want to talk about some some of the twists that came about in the series finale. Um, 
Um, just real fast, for those of you who don't know, the whole setup of um, the hour-long send-off was um, Sheldon and Amy won the Nobel Prize. And um, the first half hour is all about all the change that is happening in their lives and Sheldon not liking it. Um, and a big part of that was um, Amy's seen some of her pictures um, after being photographed by reporters. And she freaked out because she thought she looked frumpy. And her and Raj went and had a makeover. Um, the second part of the episode springs forward two months. Um, the, Penny and Sheldon had one of their one of their talks um, at the Cheesecake Factory and as Sheldon complained about um, all the change and whatnot. So we spring forward two months. They're going to Sweden to accept the prize. And on the plane trip there, we learn that Penny is pregnant. And... Um, you know, okay, so me and Mandy had a discussion about this, and we're, we're both really pissed off about the Penny Pregnant twist. Um, she and I are split on the Amy makeover. I loved it. I thought it was perfectly in character. Um, and, you know, my embolic, I have loved her since her Blossom days, she can do no wrong in my book. Um, and, and honestly, I think she's one of the best actresses out there working. Um, Mandy hated it. She thought it was completely out of character. And, you know, just not a good precedent for um, girls who, who really don't have their self-esteem wrapped up in their looks. Um, my counterpoint to that is Amy literally said, you know, my self-esteem is derived from um, my intelligence, not my looks, whatever. But, but I see Mandy's point. And especially coupled with the penny pregnancy twist, it really looks like the episode was written by misogynistic men. Now, for the record, I'm not saying any of the men involved in writing acting or producing or even directing uh, the Big Bang Theory were misogynistic but from, a, from the standpoint of um, Bernadette said I don't want to have kids and then had two accidental pregnancies and then suddenly she's okay being a mom and you know it's almost as if she forgot that she had this whole other life um, before she had kids. Um, and then Amy's makeover, which, I mean, even though I don't, I didn't find it to be off-putting or anything, I do understand where Mary, Mandy's coming from. Um, when you're when you start to look at the. The context and the sub subtext of it all, um, you know, Bernadette didn't want Bernadette didn't want kids. Howard did. They had two kids. 
Um, the thing about Amy, though, is Sheldon doesn't... Sheldon loved Amy for her intelligence, for her personality. That much is very obvious. Um, again, not because Mayim is not beautiful. She is. But he didn't see her physical appearance as anything other than a vessel for her brain. And I think that that was perfect. That was a great message. Until they had her get the makeover. And then Penny, there was a whole big arc about Penny not wanting kids. And Leonard having to deal with that. And, you know, it actually put a really big strain on their marriage. And people actually thought that they were going to break up. And then probably reunite in the in this season. Um, so for for them to just write in that Penny was pregnant, and her to just be really accepting of it without anything, it it, it really looks bad. And then add on top of that. The fact that um, Penny and Sheldon had a drinking game during their talk about change. And um, from the quick little um, story that, or exchange that happened, Penny went home and, and quote unquote attacked Leonard while she was drunk. He didn't wrap it up or anything. And that's how. Um, the baby came to come to exist. Um, here's the thing. We are in the middle of the Me Too Time's Up movement. Consent is everything. If, if it had just been, oh, you know, it was one of those things where we didn't have one and we decided to chance it, fine. That would have been perfectly okay. But... The fact that they stressed that Penny was drunk means literally means that Leonard took advantage of her. Leonard raped his wife. And we're supposed to just accept that. We're supposed to say, okay, you're the hero. You're getting your baby that you always wanted. To hell with what Penny wanted. Because Penny, you know, according to Georgia, Alabama, uh, Missouri, and all these other screwed up fucking states... The woman, the woman has no rights to her body. It is whatever the man wants. And that's exactly what they said without ever saying a damn word. You know, and Kaylee Cuoco um, went, on, went and talked to the TV line and said she was fine with the twist at the end. But here's the thing. There are some people, and I have friends, um who have made the choice not to have kids for whatever reason. And that is a perfectly valid choice for them. You know, just as, it's, it's just as valid as someone wanting kids. Uh, it, it's just as valid as someone not wanting biological children and going out and adopting or fostering. Hollywood... And especially sitcoms and comedies need to stop foisting this idea that every person wants to be a parent because that's not true. There are some people who don't want that. And for the love of Britney, 
stop making women feel bad about not wanting kids. You know, back um, in the early 90s, Murphy Brown had a whole controversy because she was a single mother and Dan Quill thought it was horrible. But, and I, this is one of the reasons why I love Diane English and Candace Bergen, because they made sure that Murphy knew she had a choice. The Big Bang Theory didn't do that. They just decided that Penny was going to have this baby no matter what. Because that's what they decided for her. That's what Leonard decided for her. And, you know, in a, in accidental pregnancies happen. But three times in one fucking show with two women who didn't want kids? Come on now. We're better than that. All right, I'm going to go, and hopefully the next segment is the one with Will. If not, I will let you know what's up um, and when he'll be appearing next on the show. Give me one second, and I'll be right back. And I'm back. And as promised, I have brought Will with me. And just so y'all know, I got yelled at for saying that he yelled at me. Apparently, I'm not supposed to tell you guys about that. That's quote-unquote business. For the record, the specific thing I told you not to tell them was um, don't blame me for changes you have to make because the viewers want it. That's not what he said. He yelled at me about saying he yelled at me. (laughs) No comment. Anyway, this is, um, we're back here with another political commentary segment. And I was told I'm not allowed to be fiery this time, so... You, uh, listen, this is a decision, that's a decision that you made yourself. Stop blaming me for that. Stop blaming me for the things that you need to do to appease your viewers. He always tries to shirk the blame. I don't try to shirk the blame for your, for yelling at you about production notes. So that's categorically (laughs) false. Anyway, this was, uh, this was a pretty busy week in the, in the political scene. First off, we have, um, we have a new update on the Deutsche Bank scandal, which really is the gift that keeps on giving, at least in terms of international banking scandals, which I can already hear you all snoozing, so, I'm, so I'll make this quick. It's the herpes of the Trump administration. <laughs> Just that? <laughs> I wish y'all could see his face. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd ask you to explain how that metaphor works, but I'm not sure I want to know. I'm not sure I have a logical explanation, so let's just move on. Anyway, the, the gist of it is, dur- during um, 2016 and 2017, several of Deutsche Bank's analysts, specifically analysts watching out for money laundering, flagged a couple of transactions made by Jared Kushner and the Trump Foundation. They recommended that the bank report these transactions to a federal money laundering watchdog because they were really, really suspect. They were, of course, shot down by Deutsche Bank officials who apparently couldn't get enough of being being paid back with their own money. (laughs) That will never grow old. Yeah, um... It really is great, isn't it? Anyway, almost everybody who uh, was in charge of that scheme is now fired. 
And on t- but the big news this week was, obviously, all the new abortion bans that everyone is trying to do that apparently are the new hotness in fabulous Mississippi and Alabama and Arkansas, you know, the centers of culture in the United States. <laughs> the pits of hell. So, um, since, uh, since January, basically, eight states have tightened up abortion restrictions. Uh, they're really toeing the limits of what is legal. Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky, Mississippi, Ohio, Missouri, Arkansas, and Utah have all instituted new and much more restrictive abortion bans. But most have, but, well, I say most, but actually most of them have gone further, way further than what anyone has expected before. Georgia, Kentucky, Mississippi, and Ohio have all banned abortions starting from when the fetal heartbeat can be detected. So around six weeks. By this point, most people won't know they're pregnant, which most critics say is a backdoor ban for that reason. But as bad as those are, they don't really hold a candle to Alabama, as you might expect. Alabama, in its new law, which Governor Kay Ivey recently signed, is... Alabama's new law define um, states that an egg is a person regardless of how far along in the process it is, whether it's even been um, conceived or whether it's just... So if a woman has her period, she's breaking the law. No, not necessarily, because that's a natural process, but any fertilized egg is a person. And if, if it's proven that a woman has intentionally, call, has call, intentionally caused a miscarriage which you definitely bet is going to lead to some, uh, some perversions of justice, then she can be charged with homicide. Oh, yeah, abortion is, um, abortion is now a homicide because... Because under, Republicans. Yeah, under Alabama law, any abortion except in cases of where the mother's life is at stake is a Class A felony carrying a sentence of minimum 99 years and most likely life. Any abortion, and that doesn't, that means, um, I, when I say any abortion, I mean any abortion including in cases of rape or incest, regardless of the age of the mother, Alabama's law makes no allowances to the age of the mother involved. So, um, let me paint you a really pretty picture here. In Alabama, sexual abuse of a child under 12 is a class B felony carrying a minimum sentence of 20 years and a maximum sentence of life. And um, just general sexual assault is a Class C felony, carrying a minimum sentence of um, 15 years and a maximum sentence of life. Both of these are less restrictive, less uh, restrict, are less harsh, have less harsh punishments than performing an abortion. So, under Alabama's law, if, say... An 11-year-old is raped and becomes pregnant, and the doctor aborts, and there's and, and a, a doctor performs an abortion. The doctor will face a longer time in jail than the rapist. Good lord! Admittedly, admittedly, to be fair to Alabama, that um, it could just be because the. Um, 
the sexual assault laws on children don't need to be updated because the, the general penalty for if you get caught sexually abusing a child in Alabama, presumably you're going to just get shot in the face before you ever get to court because it's Alabama. <laughs> but still, that's, that's pretty fucked up. And, well, you may be asking, isn't the, you may be thinking, Jesus fucking Christ, Will, that's just blatantly unconstitutional and there's no way that it fits under Roe v. Wade. And, well, it doesn't. This bill and the others like it are explicitly designed to present a challenge to Roe v. Wade because abortion rights activists in the Republican Party believe that Brett Kavanaugh, the newest judge in the Supreme Court, is receptive to their concerns and, this, and that his presence on the court will now constitute a majority for their side. They're, um, it's pretty evident to, uh, yeah, um, I'm not the first person to make this observation. Americans United for Life, the lawyers for Americans United for Life, an anti-abortion advocacy group, have come out and said that some sponsors of these bills want to set up a test case to challenge Roe versus Wade. And, in, and the governorship and the legislature of Alabama have certainly demonstrated that this is their intent. For what it's worth, even the actual mainstream Republican Party seems to think that Alabama's abortion bill is too restrictive. Donald Trump called it too restrictive and says that there should be an exception for abortion in cases of rape or incest. And if fucking Donald Trump is to the left of you... There's an issue. Yeah. And the ACLU on Facebook is, are, is letting women in all these states know that they will take up the case and they will take it all the way to the Supreme Court if necessary. Which is really exactly what they want. But uh, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe John Roberts will decide that um, he really, really needs to vote with the liberals to preserve the perceived partiality of the court. Well, I, I don't know which justice it was. I didn't do my research like I was supposed to. You never do your research. That's why, that's why most of these political podcasts are just me talking. Um, but one of the justices recently said that landmark cases like Roe v. Wade and the, um, the ruling that gave gays the right to marry will never be overturned in our lifetime. Hmm. Well, it's, it's been a goal. Well... It's been a goal of the Republican Party to put uh, overturn Roe v. Wade for 30 years. They've been vetting justices to do it since the Reagan era, and they explicitly held off. In 2016, Mitch McConnell explicitly held off on select on giving Barack Obama's last nominee, Merrick Garland, a hearing because he wanted the chance to appoint a justice. So now that they've gotten their chance to pack the court, um, next is the. It's the Democrats' turn, and they're thinking about expanding, but that's a whole different segment. Yeah, that's a whole different ballgame, and not one we have the time for tonight, I'm afraid. Especially because we want to hear about other things besides politics, otherwise, (laughs) I I assume. Yeah, and that means he's throwing it back to me to talk to you guys more. Coming up, we're going to talk about the Britney situation, so don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. And I'm back. So, 
the the Britney Spears saga is there's been a few twists. Um, I think later this week we're gonna do a deep dive into it, um, especially since it seems like every day there's a new twist or a new wrinkle to this this whole story. Um, so we'll probably do a catch up. Um, probably uh, without I have to talk to Will um, to be honest. Um, but we'll probably do a, a deep a deep dive. Um, probably starting at the last one we did. Again, I'll I'll speak with Will and he and I will figure um, that out. But right now, let's get into some of um, the dirt that happened over the weekend. So we know that Brittany has filed a motion in the conservatorship. This is not anything that's um, surprising. Um, In fact, a lot of people were surprised that it took her so long to want to, um, to end this. And according to TMZ, there's no internal struggle with Jamie or Lynn, or anything of that sort. Um, in fact, everyone gets along very well. Um, they're letting Brittany do whatever she wants, except for go to liquor stores. Um, which, given her her um, problems with alcohol and drugs in the past, um, it's not that surprising that they've uh, made that a rule. Um... But what we're what we're hearing now is one of the biggest fights that um, they're having is that is because Brittany wants a new iPhone, and uh, Lynn and Jamie are both united in the fact that she probably shouldn't have um, one because they're trying to limit the um, limit access of people who are toxic to Brittany. And they're afraid that if, if she gets an iPhone, those people will be able to creep back into her life. And, you know, and that's just never a good thing. Um, but it could be good for her social media. Um, because last week, late last week, she posted a video, or someone on her team, which I really don't think it was her because... Um, Again, the emojis are gone, and it's just, like, a flat-out statement. Um, But she posted a video of her dancing to Thriller. And fans right away caught on that something wasn't right about this. Um, With a lot of them... Saying that that was an old video. Um... Britney's camp didn't deny that at all. And anti lawyer over at Crazy Days and Nights said that basically what, was, what they were hoping for was that no one would notice that it was an old clip um, and that Britney's been very despondent and upset about how things are going. She won't sing, she won't dance. And... You know, essentially, they had to do something 
to keep up her social media presence without, um, so they didn't arouse any suspicions. So what is making Britney despondent? Well, again, according to Crazy Days and Nights, it's because she just found out that the man she loves, Sam Asghari, is actually on her payroll. It seems that Jamie hired him to be Britney's boyfriend uh, and has just constantly been giving him a paycheck for a long time. Now, this isn't the first time that those rumors um, have popped up. Um, I forgot what his name was, but Britney dated a, a manager some time ago, and it was also alleged back then that he was an employee and not um, an actual boyfriend. Um, it, so the... What was said back then, um, the rumors that have constantly popped up ever since is that uh, Jamie wants to choose the guys that Brittany goes out with. First of all, so he can control um, what happens in the relationship. Um, I don't know if he wants to control the sex part, but um, most of the rumors centered on he didn't want to end up with another K-Fed someone who would get Brittany knocked up and then they would have to pay child support to him and any other children that he had. Um, Jamie couldn't stop the KFED from the KFED stuff from happening. Um, but now that he has cons- a conservatorship over Brittany, he can most certainly stop it. Um, and there's also a rumor that, you know, he just really feels like Brittany has the worst taste in men. Um, and she gets very flattered by any kind of male attention. And so he was a little bit worried that a guy would... Um, a guy would pay attention to her and then be able to scam her out of money like um, Sam Lefty was able to do. Um, and, and, you know, I have no doubt that he's trying to protect her, but at some point, he has to allow her to make her own mistakes again. Otherwise, we're going to end up right back where we started uh, in terms of, um, you know, Brittany's mental health. Uh, you know, and we're we're kind of we kind of almost did with her being checked back in and fans starting the free Britney movement. Um, you know, and now we have Larry Randolph, who has worked with Britney for more than twenty years, saying um, she's never going to work again. And then, and then trying to walk back those statements and say, oh, no, that's not what I said. What I said was, bitch, we know what you said, okay? You spoke out of turn and you're trying to keep your job. That's what we know. So, you know, that's the whole... That, that's the long and the short of it, basically. 
Um, we're going to obviously stay on top of the Britney story um, for some time to come because we want to know. Um, we love Britney. So, for right now, I am going to go. Um, thank you all so much for listening, as always. And until next time, cheers.